Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. It's time for From the Short Grass with Trey Schaap, a golf podcast for those who love golf, struggle with golf, and just like to enjoy the outdoors and fellowship with friends, all while chasing a ball around trying to put it in a four and a quarter inch diameter hole. From the Short Grass is brought to you by Blackman Auctions. For over 80 years, better auctions have always been Blackman Auctions. By MinnowsPlus.com. From baits to waiters, if it helps you catch a fish, they have it. And now, from the Short Grass, here is your host, Trey Schaap. Welcome to another edition of From the Short Grass. Golf lost an icon recently. Lee Elder passed away at the age of 87. He won four times on the PGA Tour, eight times on the PGA Tour Champions. He was also the first black to play at the Masters. Lee Elder finished tied for 17th in 1979 at Augusta. Tied for 11th in 1974 at the PGA Championship, tied for 11th in the 1979 U.S. Open, and tied for 36th in the 1979 Open Championship. His best finishes in a major. Lee Elder passing at 87. We're back after this. This is Thomas Blackman of Blackman Auctions. Trey asked me to sponsor a show for another few months. Even though I don't like golf, I do like his show. I have no idea how he gets the awesome variety of guests on his show, but it is entertaining and informative even for a horrible golfer like myself. I'm learning a lot about the game and about the passion for playing. So much so, I've started using my country club for more than Sunday brunch. Trey makes golf interesting. I make auctions interesting. For auctions, listen to me. For golf, listen to Trey. Since 1938, better auctions are Blackman Auctions. Minnows Plus is your local source for live bait and live well supplies. They carry the entire line of SureLife products, everything from better bait and finer shiner to no ammonia products to keep your bait and your catch thriving till you get back to the dock. They are the best source for all your private land ponds. Minnows Plus has fish food and pond fertilizer to keep your pond healthy and thriving all year long. If you own or run a bait and tackle shop and need to resupply, contact Minnows Plus and ask about their wholesale prices. Open to the public and walk-ins are welcome. Find them on the web at MinnowsPlus.com. Welcome back to this edition of From the Short Grass. Visit our great sponsor, Blackman Auctions, on the web at blackmanauctions.com. Since 1938, better auctions have always been Blackman Auctions. On the tee, it's part two of my sit-down interview with Arkansas women's head basketball coach, Mike Neighbors. I'm going to tell you about the, the best week I ever had playing golf. I got to play Chambers Bay with some buddies of mine, flew into Seattle, this is within the course of a week. We play, we play Seattle. We have a great time. Show everybody around. They loved it. You know, it, it's so much prettier than what the, the TV did not show Chambers Bay right. and what it should have been. It just it looked bad on TV. It's a great place to play. So we did that. I fly to San Diego for a, a, another event. I get to play Torrey Pines again. Fly into Little Rock to hit something. We go to the Elotion and play. And then I fly to the East Coast to play in the KEL Golf Tournament. We're playing at Pinehurst. Wow. So I get – in the course of a week, I get Chambers Bay, Torrey Pines, the Elotion, and Pinehurst number two. And I'm not a good golfer, but that was a, that was as good as you could just – you go back and you know, I've got the little scorecards from all there. I don't there. know I, if anybody can pull off that. That was, that was, that was really about as good uh, of a week as I've had. So those places – there's a course in Cincinnati called Camargo. It's a top 100 course in the world. I've got a little map now. Um, 
that we you stick pins in when oh, you yeah. play them, you know. Yeah. So have play, you gotten Pebble? Yeah, play Pebble. Uh, I haven't been. I haven't been on uh, Spyglass and Spanish Bay and uh, Cypress Point. I haven't been on Cypress, but I did play. I've played Pebble. Okay. Um, I've played some other courses. Played Beth Page. Played Congressional. Uh, yep, I've done but, Beth Page. You know, those are some of the courses that when we go around and play, like you know, with some of the, the some of these events, those are the places you try to get on. Peyton Manning played through us on a on the course that plays around the Indianapolis 500. You know, there's four yeah, holes yeah, in there. Yeah. The Brickyard for something, and he played. He hit a bomb, a bomb past me and Vic Schaefer. We thought we hit a pretty big, and we're like, "Who's this guy?" And coming in was Peyton Manning, his quarterback coach. He was great. He played with us about three holes. Uh, but you know, though, that's a course that's really been fun to play. And then you know, I've I've not been on Oak Hill, but I want to. I was going to say, give me some courses that you haven't been on that are on your bucket list. Of course, list. Augusta. I mean, I think Augusta is that one that I think we all talk about it, your bucket list or pin list or whatever if you could. It was actually in my contract at the University of Washington. My, a buddy of mine said, you ought to put something really kind of crazy in your contract. It's always kind of cool to have that. So I put in there that if we win the national championship, I got to get to play Augusta, just as a weird deal, you know. I got, yeah, sure, coach. Go ahead. And, then, and then you made the final four year last year there, and I bet they were like, hey, oh, what are we going to do no, if he wins? I didn't even think about it until we got there. We got to Indianapolis, and I was on the elevator, and I don't remember what happened. Somebody goes, they were talking about bonuses or something. About, do you get a bonus or something? I said, ah, probably. And then I went, wait a second. So the next time I was near my uh, sport, his name's Shondell Reed, great guy, not a golfer. He was the guy that said, yeah, sure, put it in there, whatever, you know, yeah, we'll sign it. I said, hey, man, just so you realize, if we win two more games, you've got to pull off the impossible. You've got to get a guy like me on Augusta, you know. So Augusta's one of those places I think, you know, you always you, you want to play. And then, then you look in the Golf Digest and you see the rest of them. And then I want to play that really – I want to play – Tiger's new course down there, the trophies that they played that shootout in, whatever sure. it's in Seminole. I think it's called right. Seminole something. I'd like to play. Well, Sem- Seminole, the Seminole club down yeah. there where they had the Walker Cup. Yeah. That's a Is very that- exclusive one. But then Tiger's got the new one down there. Okay. But then he also has Payne's Valley up in Branson. I check for tee times. Every you can't na- get them. No, you got to stay on site. Right. We're going to go stay on site to get them. But every now and then just when I'm bored, I'll scroll through there and go, September, October, no, next year. So you, you can't really get tee times. That's on my – I want to make that trip up there. To play I think that it. would I, be fun. I watched that shootout. I think I'd just stand there and mm-hmm. play the 19th hole all day long. But, no, I always now, like, when you fly, when you fly a lot, you start looking and you start picking out, you know, courses. Uh, it's more about the timing of it, like playing the day after with the stand still up. Uh, we got to play at the uh, Phoenix Open course right before they, they were setting up for it. So we TPC, got, the TPC, Scottsdale. That's right. So we got to play with the the bigger, you know, the big stand set up around sixteen. We got to play like we were there. Funny story there. Yeah. So Foley, yeah, in fifteen, okay, Little Rock makes the NCAA tournament. That's right. They're sent, yep. to Tempe. Beat them. They beat Texas A and M. Yep. Lose. And they play Arizona State. Lose I take my clubs, and coaches like, when are you going to play? I said, I'm not playing till you beat Blair. There you we go. win that game. I'm then I'm going to play. Yeah. You know what I had done before I was done with my post game? Booked tea time. I had my tea time booked at TPC Scottsdale. Did you get out there and play? Got out there and play that Sunday. Yeah. It, and it, the stands around 16, there was still some of the stands up. Well, you they leave them up now. Yeah. They leave them up. Yeah. For that one. But they don't. They, they take down the rest, but they leave right. that set up. Because that's like a stadium. It wasn't completely set up, but, yeah, they had started. It, it just It's cool, though. It is. It, courses are so different when you see them. 
set up than when you don't see them set up because they're just completely different. Well, the tournament setup is totally yeah. different than just everyday play. Yeah. We got to play Muirfield Village. That was one thing. That was oh, one of the, my favorite. So when I watch – I like to do it. So when I watch TV, I'm like, I remember what I made on that hole. I remember every stroke I hit. I remember what I made on that hole. And I think for me, the thing about golf, and, and we I talked about this to somebody the other day, the thing about golf is that it is the only sport that I can even for one second feel like the pros. Just for one second. That one time I hit a double eagle. I could have beat anybody. Nobody else on that day would have made double eagle. Mm-mm. This is the mathematical lot. No. I would have beaten Tiger Woods, every Jack Nicklaus. On that hole that day, I could have won. On that hole. On that hole that day. <laughs> we're, we're narrowing. We're narrowing it. But, but here's what I'm telling you, Trey. There's not one day of the rest of my life or any time in my life I could have beaten LeBron James in a, in a pickup, in, in a shot. I couldn't have got on a football field and got a single yard against the worst NFL defense in the history. You couldn't put any other sport. You couldn't put a tennis racket. I couldn't get back anybody's serve. I couldn't get a serve. But there's something about golf that for one time, one hole, one shot, you could be now replicating that 65, 66 times you can't do. But, Coach, that's what brings you back. I know, every time, because you get that one or two the, you know, tuning fork moment. We all call them that. It's that moment when the tuning fork goes on and goes, oh, that's what it's supposed to feel like when I hit it in the club face. Or that's what it's supposed to look like when I hit behind the ball in the sand and accelerate through. I just can't do it repeatedly. I do not have the mental focus for four hours to lock in and, and clear your mechanism or whatever you do between every that the, these grades do and, and lock in. I just can't do it. If I'm having a good day, I might could make it 10 or 12 holes, but then something will happen. I'll get a text. I'll get a phone call. Something will remind me, jog my memory, or I hit a bad shot and I'm done. I can't the, – the mental toughness and the mental up and down that golf makes you go through. It's the sport. When I hire somebody, when – Somebody asked me to marry my daughter. I'm taking them to the golf course because I can find out so much about a person in a four-hour round of golf, way more than I could in a, a four-hour interview process. How are they going to be when they handle adversity? Because mm-hmm. you, you handle – everybody does. And you've got a pretty good place up the road to take them. Yeah, the blessing's right there with it. I mean, I, I put it right there with just about any other course that you, we've talked about. So it's – yeah, the fact that it's right up here is – it's maybe the only course where you literally stand over a shot thinking, I could lose the ball right here, except putts. And there's a couple putts. There are a couple lose. of There's you a couple could. you could putt off. Number four? Yeah, you could putt that off. You could get a penalty yeah. stroke on four if you're, not, if you're not paying attention. But that's what that course does. It just you, Your focus has to be so laser-like. I just don't have that in me. Tell me you want to go play over overseas to Scotland. You know, I do. I, just to kind of check it off, I'm at the point where I like, I don't even play if it's like a threat of rain. <laughs> you know what I mean? I used you to, might melt. I used to want to play in the sleet, and I would play any time to play with the right person or the right course. But now it, it's got to be, I won't play now if it's raining. or And I don't know how I'd get over there. And I'm really kind of into the aesthetics, the way it looks. And I, some of those courses don't look great. But I do want to say I played the old course. I do want to that's say that's how I they're played. supposed to look. I know, and that's where that's where I'm not telling you I'm a golf purist. I would be all for a lot of rule changes. Right. I'm not a purist when it comes to that. I probably don't respect the game as as much as I should to get over there and hit a ball from where the first people hit it. I think if I did, I probably would have a better appreciation. So I do hope it's just there's so many other places and so many other things I want to do. But hopefully, I get to live long enough that going to Scotland and Ireland and England playing some of those courses that, you know, in the on the open circuit circuit. Yeah, yeah. That you see on TV. Yeah. I'd like to try to 
you know, see where Vandeville crashed and where Daly won and putt from down, you know, all those things and just all the different cool moments. Stay in the old course stay, hotel right stay, there on yeah. the 17th at St. Andrews. Watch people try to hit over the top of mm-hmm. you. Yeah, I'd like to do that. I, I, I will have to live a while because i got a few bucket lists before that. So you're on the driving range at a lotion. <laughs> yeah. Coach Foley's out there. Yeah, we're playing that day. We were set up to play. About two days before that was when the university up here announced that we were going to open it up to the possibility to play other in-state, in-system schools and stuff. So I knew we were going to be playing. And, uh, you know, anybody that's been to the Elotion knows that there's not a lot of chit-chat in the clubhouse. And so we both end up at the driving range, which is the first place I've ever been where they send somebody out to stretch you out. I'd never been anywhere where there was like, you want to get stretched out? I said, for what? (laughs) (laughs) I didn't even know what to say. I was like, "Uh, Sure. I don't even know this is going to hurt, but uh, so we were standing there, and I said, hey, before we even tee off, I want to play, just so you know. And he goes, well, yeah, of course, we've been, you know, they've been wanting to play. And I said, well, let's just make it happen. Whatever it takes, we don't have to, like, have a round of golf. But I want to play. It's, it's too good of a game. I've got too much respect for him. Obviously, I think if somebody else had been there and I didn't have the respect for him that I do for Coach Foley, maybe it wouldn't have been talked about. But if I was playing golf with somebody – you know it's somebody you like and respect. And we, we talked about it there on the driving range and threw out some possible deals. I said, I don't want it to be a one-year deal. I, I want it to become a home-and-home. Home. He said, oh, you'll come down here? I said, yeah, we'll come back. It's just good for the game. Is there a basketball coach that you can beat on the course? <laughs> I don't, not very many probably. I'm, yeah, but they must not. I haven't played with them. Everybody I play with beats me. I'm like the D Well, what's player. the bet when you play with Foley? I try to play him head up, you know. I, he won't do it? I don't. I've got I to talk to him. No, 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 no. It's me. I don't want strokes. Like I don't. And he's trying to give you strokes. Well, not, I wouldn't say anybody's trying to give me strokes. Well, he gives you strokes. I think he would. I think if I went and said, "Hey, you're, you know, you're three shots better than me," aside. But here's the thing: I don't get this whole this pops on the hardest hole. To me, that is wrong. I might make birdie there. I'm just as able to play good on a bad hole or bad on a good hole. What I want is three mulligans. Okay. I want three do overs. Yeah. Because if you give me three do overs, what it's going to eliminate for me is my one snap hook or my whiff that we've already talked about or leaving it in the bunker. So I play the game with a buddy of mine, this one-man scramble, to where if you want to, you can toss the second ball down and use a mulligan, but it adds this part to the score and it penalizes you later on. But I can hit some pretty good shots. I, I could get out and, and take five swings. You might go, oh, this guy's a sandbagger. But if you play with me 10 rounds, I'm going to shoot between 85 and 90 every time. Now, I'm out. Get lucky and have a, a 78 one day. Mm-hmm. But I might also balloon and hit shoot 94 or 5. I'm not in the hundreds anymore. I'm not going to embarrass anybody. I'm not going to shoot in the hundreds. But I'm going to play by the rules. I'm not going to cheat. And my score is going to be my score. And by the end of the summer, I'll, I'll probably have a round in the low 80s, high 70s. But pretty much – but I'm a pretty good scramble partner. I'm a pretty good four-ball partner because I'm going to have a, a couple of birdies – uh, six or seven pars, but the problem is I'm gonna have a ten. Right, I'm gonna have a, a and that's when you need your partner to pick you up. Yeah, or I need a mulligan that wouldn't help, that wouldn't get me into trouble, that causes the meltdown. Sure. So I don't know. I I think I'm better than I score, uh, and I and I do play incredibly fast. People talk about I forget we got to stop talking. Neighbors gonna put the tee down. He's hitting. There's no. I don't need a whole bunch of yardage. It's not gonna make that difference. I, my problem is when I hit it on the club face, it goes way further than I'm used to. I'm like, okay, I'm going to hit this on the heel, six iron. I can either heal this six iron or really have to hit this eight iron. So I don't, I don't do a whole lot of looking at putts and looking around. And uh, so my 
again, this goes back to Vashgrass, one of my best friends. He doesn't judge how what he shoots that day. He judges by how many pl- holes they play on Saturday. So when I talked to him, what did y'all do? He goes, I played 61. It's always some odd number, too, because they, they'll, like, play on the way back to his house, play a three-hole. Oh, yeah. Play. Yeah. It's never a multiple of nine. Never, ever is it a multiple of nine at the Vash. Wow. How many holes did y'all crazy. play? Yeah, we played, you know. 57. Played 54. You know, 54 <laughs> is a regular number. Yeah, 50, yeah. 55. Like, Why didn't you play 55? Oh, yeah, you went back to Dwight's house. So, You are a man of many hobbies. Yeah. Movies is one of them. Yep. Top five golf movies. Okay, this is without really thinking it through. Uh, and I'm, I'm probably going down my golf list, and I mean, you're going to have to give me whether you're I, not. I can help you. Does Caddyshack count? Yeah. Caddyshack's one. Okay. On my overall list. But I know it's not pure golf, but that's uh, golf-related. But yeah. I just I love Caddyshack. I'll give you that one. Caddyshack would probably be one. I'm trying to – and then you're probably going to get to Legend of Bagger Vance. Okay. Then you're going to get Greatest Game Ever Played. I love that one. Francis I, that, That's, that's that, number one for is me. Is it for you? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I would probably last amateur to win the U.S. Open. Yeah, that might actually be ahead of Legend of Bagger Vance. Probably ahead of Legend of Bagger Vance. Uh, Happy Gilmore will always be last. I don't get it. Uh, uh, Ten Cup is in there. Mm-hmm. It's in that range in that middle. You know, if you're giving me ten, it's probably probably five. Uh, I like the quotability. Obviously, I, I probably quote that movie. Yeah, there's not a round goes by that Vic Schaefer and I don't quote the driving range scene, you know, when he's got the, the shanks. Yeah. Uh, we quote that very, very often. Uh, so, I don't know. Maybe 10 Cup needs to be a little bit higher. Uh, what am I leaving out? Is there some? Is there one, obviously? Yeah, that, that, one that's obvi- pretty that's, much who, that's, I, that's, who that's I thought ones. would be yeah. there, yeah. Yeah, those are I'm probably a little bit predictable. There may be an oddball one out there that I'm forgetting about, but none that, those are the ones that jumped to my mind. All right, Kim Mulkey's in the league now. Yeah, at LSU. She is. Thoughts she is. on that? It's going to destroy my one and zero record against her. I know that. <laughs> I kind of, I kind of hope she'd stay in the Big Twelve and I could retire with one and zero against her and Gino. You know, that'd be, be pretty good. That'd been pretty good. You might be the only coach with that one and zero record I against been. both of them. I would have been. Yeah, my our, Mario, our, our crack SID, came back and he went through and he looked and. He put Don Staley in there because we got a victory, and then we we beat Stanford, and we beat we beat um, Maryland once, and we've beaten Co- so it, you know you you can kind of put together a pretty good stable of Hall of Fame coaches. That I'm the only person on the face of the earth that has a win over all those people. So we're gonna we're gonna keep that. We're gonna keep trying to add people to the list to make sure that that's the case. But yeah, I, with Coach Mulkey coming in the league, obviously playing twice a year the moment's coming when they're going to get even and she's the kind of person that will make remind you of it yeah uh when it happens if they get a chance to beat us by more more than they would have she'll she will but to be good for the league it's just like everything else in this league i don't know who came up with the motto i really don't but whoever says it just means more they were right i've been in every other league and every league's great and every league stands up and tells them they're bad they're the best when you're in it i understand that i was part of that group all oh, the pac 12 is the best all the but there is something when you get in that SEC, and I think it's Greg Sankey because I've not been involved with it with anybody other than him. I think it probably started with Mike Slive from hearing people talk. But it just it does feel like there's more on the line a little bit. Every game, every tournament, every just whatever. But our events make us feel like that. You've been a part of those things mm-hmm. down there. Uh, it does just mean a little bit more. So having Coach Mulkey in it just adds – it adds to the, the apprehension. Every time I walk into that head coach's meeting, I look around and I go, oh, boy. You know, because <laughs> my papa always said, if if you walk into a poker game and you can't spot the chump, you're the chump. 
That's kind of what I feel like. No, so, you're not. Some of the those chump. moments you walk in there, you you're go, not the chump. Go, there's our. The, first of all, you go. Okay, there's our. Olympic. You might have been a couple of years ago. But yeah. You're not now. Well, there's our Olympic coach, and there's this is a Hall of Famer, and that's a Hall of Famer, and there's three national championships. There's a national championship. There's the, there's this. There's this. You know. Uh, I am starting to move up the seniority ladder. Yes, you are. In the SEC, there's been a lot of – There's, there's been, been some change. There's been some change. Schaefer's so, left. Yeah. I mean – It was funny. Uh, I tell this story on Kim, but we kind of have a little standing rule in the SEC that whoever the newest coach is in the league, they have to be on this one committee. I'm not going to name the committee because I don't want the committee to hear this. and be. But there's this one committee that nobody really wants to be on, so it automatically goes to the newest person in the league. And she's she's the last hire by in two the weeks by two by weeks two. because of Auburn. <laughs> That's right, Johnny Harris at Auburn. It was going to be Johnny. It was going to be Johnny until LSU uh, hired. So here we go with one of the icons of our game, and the, it came up on our last Zoom call. It was like, hey, it's that time of the year. You know, so and so's time as this committee member is up, and before we could even get it out. Uh, luckily, it was it was Don Staley. She got on there and she goes, y'all know the rule. It's Coach Mulkey. Congratulations, Coach. And she was going, I ain't doing it. And we're going, yeah, you are. It's, <laughs> it's the rule. It's the rule. It doesn't matter how many championships. Yeah, if you would have left Baylor three weeks earlier that's than what, what I said. did. That's what I said. If y'all could have got done this, could have got this done a little bit earlier, you might not have had to serve on this committee. But she goes, well, I guess I'll – I, you know, it's it's kind of all in fun. I'm, That's hilarious. I'm sure it'll get delegated down the pot down oh, there yeah. to somebody oh, else. Yeah. But uh, anyway, it was kind of a funny moment. But, yeah, it's going to be great having her in there. I hate it. I mean, I'm not one of these guys. I mean, like when everybody – when Vic left, said, are you are you sad to see him go? I said, no. No, I'm not sad to see him go. Get out of here. He was killing it at Mississippi State, a place that we used to kind of yeah. win. But, no, I'm not excited when it comes game time that we're going to have – uh, a legendary Hall of Fame, one of the winningest coaches in the game, now in a hotbed of a of a job around some of the best recruits in the country, and she is highly motivated at no this doubt. point. No doubt, highly motivated to get them back to the Final Four. And and, and Nikki did a heck of a job. I, I'm, you know, that's a place where the standard isn't make the NCAA tournament or make the Sweet Sixteen. The they were in five straight Final Fours. That's there where they were at. So I think Coach Mulkey's plan is to get them back to that point. It makes our job harder, but at the same time, it makes our job makes you focus on it. And if if you're going to be in this league and 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 be here for very long, um, you got to accept that challenge. Good luck. Thanks, brother. Appreciate it. This was fun. Glad to have you on. Thanks. Minnows Plus is your local source for live bait and live well supplies. They carry the entire line of SureLife products, everything from better bait and finer shiner to no ammonia products to keep your bait and your catch thriving till you get back to the dock. They are the best source for all your private land ponds. Minnows Plus has fish food and pond fertilizer to keep your pond healthy and thriving all year long. If you own or run a bait and tackle shop and need to resupply, contact Minnows Plus and ask about their wholesale prices. Open to the public and walk-ins are welcome. Find them on the web at minnowsplus.com. This is Thomas Blackman of Blackman Auctions. Trey asked me to sponsor a show for another few months. Even though I don't like golf, I do like his show. I have no idea how he gets the awesome variety of guests on his show, but it is entertaining and informative even for a horrible golfer like myself. I'm learning a lot about the game and about the passion for playing. So much so, I've started using my country club for more than Sunday brunch. Trey makes golf interesting. I make auctions interesting. For auctions, listen to me. For golf, listen to Trey. Since 1938, better auctions are Blackman Auctions. 
Welcome back to From the Short Grass. I want to thank one of our great sponsors, Minnows Plus. Find them on the web at minnowsplus.com. On the tee with our weekly rules segment, here's PGA Master Professional Adam Carney. Adam, this comes in to our email, fromtheshortgrass at gmail.com, from Chris in Pine Bluff. He says, I moved my mark on the green this past weekend, and when I moved it back, my buddy said I moved it the wrong way. So what is the ruling? Under those circumstances, I mean, you can move your mark because it's interfering with the line of the line of play of your fellow competitor or your opponent, and when you do so, you are required to replace it. In this circumstance, he moved his mark. I assume he used the head of his putter and moved it one direction or another, and then when he replaced it, he put it back in the wrong direction. Um, the ruling, simply put, is he's got to get the ball back to where it was Otherwise, he plays from a wrong place, and he's going to incur a two-stroke penalty. Now, just reading this as, as I see it, as my buddy said, I moved it the wrong way. Now you get to a situation of does he agree, does he not agree? Sure. No, I moved it this way. No, you moved it that way. So a lot of times when we get into real situations, we give the benefit of the doubt to the player. So if player A says, hey, you moved your mark to the right, and when you moved it back, you moved it to the left, if the the competitor says, no, I, I didn't. I moved it this way. You know, one against one, the player wins. Uh, two against one, the player is going to lose. You know, if there was an argument as to wh- which direction he moved it, the player is going to get benefit of the doubt. If he agrees, okay, hey, I, I have no idea. I mean, did you tell me to move it that way? I don't know. I was thinking about the argument I had with my girlfriend last night. And I have, you know. <laughs> Then he's played from the wrong place. And we see this a lot that, you know, people are asked to remove. It's more common that they fail to move it back, right? Um, and so, you know, one of the things I do when I play, if I have to move my mark on the green is, you know, I always keep my glove in my back left pocket. Most people don't put the glove on. So if I move my mark on the green, I'll, I'll take my glove and wrap it around the shaft on my putter and it falls down to the putter head. And so if I stand there for five minutes before I get a chance to move back towards my mark and I realize, oh, I've had this fight with my girlfriend, that's all I'm thinking about for the last five minutes, but hey, my gloves are on my putter head, I know automatically I need to move that thing back. So, you know, it's a question of fact. Did he replace it on the spot that his ball was when he initially marked it? If he did not move it back to that same spot, then he played from wrong place. And it's not going to constitute what we consider a serious breach of the rules. He didn't gain any advantage by it. I mean, let's be honest, he's, he's moved the ball eight inches to the right or the left. If he's done so, it's not going to be a, a breach that needs to be rectified or disqualification before you tee off on the next hole. A couple of questions here to go along with that. Does it have to only be the length of the head of the putter? Could it be the whole length of the club sure. is how far you move it? Sure. There's no rule that says. There's nothing in the rules that say what you must use as a distance measuring device to, I mean, it's just typical you'd use the putter head. I've seen people before with big, huge sweeping putts go, man, I just don't know. Lay the putter down, put the heel on line, and uh, and I'm going to line up with this tree over here, and we're going to move it, you know, 33, 34 inches, whatever, 35 inches, and does that give you enough room? We're good. And the other thing you said in there, too, is is to do something that reminds you that you have moved your mark. You yeah. have moved where the spot was. I like to do with the ball marker. If it's one that has a flat side to it and nothing on the back, what I will do is I'll flip it over from yep. what is up on top. Like if it might be a, a one from a club or something, right. I'll flip it over 
if I'm playing with a coin, right. so to say, I'll always mark it with heads up, and then when I move it, I'll put the tails up. So that tells me when I go to put the ball up, tails up, okay, I've got to move my mark back. And then another good thing to do always is if you're the one that asked to have the ball moved, yep. remind your competitor – your opponent, right. your player, hey, don't forget, you need to move that Exactly, back. and it, it's a sportsmanship thing. I mean, obviously, I'm sure a lot of the listeners are aware of Steve Scott's book that came out here recently. Hey, T- Tiger, don't forget to put your mark back. I can't remember the exact title. I know Steve a little bit, and it, I mean, Steve's a club professional now. Mm-hmm. Uh, just a super, super, super nice guy and has been very, very successful as a golf professional, as a club professional, and during that match – where Tiger came back from eight or nine down to win the United States Amateur. At a crucial time, Steve Scott said, hey, Tiger, don't forget to move your mark back. So, I mean, it's it's it's, it's a respect thing. Mm-hmm. It was one of those things that, you know, the only thing I can think of is, you know, Bobby Jones at one time saying, hey, I saw my ball move, guys, you know. So sometimes, obviously, we know in golf that we're our own referees, but, you know, it, 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 who wants to win that way, right? Right. It's one of those things that, yeah, hey, just if I have somebody move their mark as soon as I hit my putt out and I'm walking to the hole, I'll say, hey, don't forget to move your mark back. I, you know, something along those lines. Um, as an official, if I see it happen and I happen to be close by and I see the player set the ball down and, and lift the coin, I'll, I'll step in and say, hey, let's think about this for a second. I think right. he moved it. You're not out there looking for penalties you're, you're looking to stop them he's adam carney i'm trey Shap. he's with us every week if you have a question about the rules of the game of golf email us and we'll get it answered with adam from the short grass at gmail.com that's it for this edition of from the short grass i leave you with this golf quote from alice cooper mistakes are part of the game it's how well you recover from them that's the mark of a great player i hope you enjoy your next round and when you find your ball mark on the green fix it and a couple of more and i hope to see you from the short grass You've been listening to From the Short Grass, a weekly podcast dedicated to the game of golf. From the Short Grass is brought to you by MinnowsPlus.com and Blackman Auctions. This has been a presentation of the Buzz Radio Network.